So, if you have a Bible, you can open up to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about living a life of faith. I've been studying about Martin Luther. This was Martin Luther's verse that triggered the Reformation. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, Martin Luther figured out that that meant that you could be saved by faith alone and not your works. And what's amazing is, is it's been 500 years since that happened, and we still have, we still unfortunately have a lot of people trying to mix their works in there somewhere. But nevertheless, we're saved by faith in Jesus, not our own personal goodness. Everybody say, thank God. So we're, we love our Catholic brothers and sisters, but we're Protestants. We believe in in salvation by faith, but uh, this isn't just talking about a one-time event. It's great to put your faith in Jesus and get born again. How many of you know that's awesome? But this says that you'll live not just one time by faith, but that faith is meant to be your lifestyle. We're not just supposed to pray a prayer and then, and then ignore Jesus the rest of our lives. The point of Christianity is to live a lifestyle rooted in faith. Now, what does that mean? A really simple way of understanding that is I'm meant to live my life with a constant awareness that God is real, that God loves me, and that He is intervening in my life. I'm meant to live constantly from that conviction. And I have to remember at every moment that God is with me, God loves me, and He's intervening in my life. Now, I know that those things are true. I teach those. I went to Bible college. I'm a, I've been pastoring for a while now. This is like Christianity 101. But do you know that there are times in my life when I forget God? Now, not big picture, but do you understand that there are moments when, can you testify to this, that, that I'm looking at a problem, and the problem eclipses my awareness of God. Now, it's not like that all the time, and I can flip it. But the summons of the Christian life is to always keep Jesus at the forefront of my heart and my, my understanding. And even though probably everybody in here are Christians, uh, if, if you're not, you should give your life to Jesus. But it, even though so many of us are Christians, many times we end up living life as practical atheists. And what that means is that, that even though we believe in God, we in some way live as though He doesn't exist. Now, the simplest way that we do this is called worry. Because Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said that, now look, it's hard for me to preach this because I'm the biggest hypocrite when it comes to this. <laughs> All right, my wife will tell you, but I preach things for my own self-therapy. But do you know that Jesus said that he would take care of us and that if he takes care of the birds and he takes care of the flowers, how much more will he take care of us? Does it say that? Yeah. So when I'm worrying... I'm not in faith. I've lost my awareness of, of the goodness of God, the love of God, and His willingness to intervene in my life. So, a, a really practical 
way to live the Christian life is just this thing called the practice of the presence of God. Now, sometimes that sounds like super spiritual, and it's like you've got to walk around like, you know, how many of you experienced something in your emotions or in your body when you're praying a little bit ago? Okay, one person. So, all right, well, <laughs> hopefully that blessed somebody. It blessed me. Do you know that, that as powerful as that is, you can't walk around like that 24-7, I mean, if you're just weeping constantly at your job, people are going to think something's wrong with you. Now, you need to have those times, right? You need to have special times of intimacy with the Lord. But, but you also have to do a job, and you have to take care of your kids, and you have to live ordinary life. And one of the most amazing things about the Protestant Reformation that, that happened, I'm just, this is in my thinking because I'm studying it, is, is Martin Luther did so much to dignify everyday life. Martin Luther actually said that the woman that changes the baby's diaper is doing more for the Lord than the monk praying for five hours in the monastery. That's what he said. Now, I think what Martin Luther was trying to do was push the pendulum this way. So I think he may have pushed a little bit too far because I do believe there are people that are called specifically to spend long hours in prayer. Yeah. I know people like that. Uh, and that's the calling that's on their life. So I honor that. But not everybody's called to do that. Not everybody's in that season of life. Some people have kids. And if you try to go in your prayer closet, they will find you. <laughs> What Martin Luther realized was that if you do anything with God on your mind, that thing becomes sacred. There is no sacred and secular. It's, that's that's a, a, a lie. There is no division. And the simplest way to do this is, is just to practice maintaining an awareness of God in any situation. You just remember God. So some of you right now are forgetting God because you're thinking about what I'm saying. So take a moment right now and just remember, God's real. God's with you. God loves you. And one thing to remember is that right now, everybody say this with me, right now, right now I, am fully immersed I am fully immersed in the love of God. Do you know that that's true? Yes. There is nothing you can do that would make God love you any more. There's nothing you can do that would make God love you any less. Amen. Your experience of the love of God is tied entirely to your awareness of that love. The more you remind yourselves of these things and the more you think, oh, oh God does love me, the more you will experience that. You ever notice that if you buy a new car, suddenly you see that car everywhere? Our brains are amazing. They filter out so much of our experience. We just miss tons of stuff. If you've ever watched one of those shows where they, it's, it's unsettling, you know, they'll, they'll have a guy standing at the counter and then a person will come up and say hi, and then he turns around and they'll duck and they'll bring up another person. Yeah. 
and like 90% of the time nobody notices is a different person. Well, our, brains, our brains just filter out so much of our experience because we're so focused inwardly on our own concerns and our inner chatter, and we don't notice what's going on around us. But whatever you choose to focus on, you see more of. I still remember when I bought my wife her engagement ring. I was a, you know, a teenage boy. I'd never looked at a woman's engagement ring, wedding ring. I never paid attention to anybody. But the moment I bought that, I started seeing them on every lady's hand. They didn't suddenly appear. It suddenly I cared about it. Suddenly I was aware of it. If you'll focus your attention on the love of God, the presence of God, you'll begin to notice him more and more in every aspect of life. When we remember and confess God's presence and love, even if we feel nothing, we are walking in faith. But the more we practice it, the more you'll feel the truth of it. So what's the faith walk look like? It's just, I'm remembering. I'm remembering God. Take a moment right now. Remind yourself. God is here. God's with me. I'm fully immersed in the love of God. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you anymore. You're already fully baptized in his love. You just remind yourself of that. Say that to yourself. For years, I've kind of had this unconscious habit of just saying, Jesus, I love you. I'm trying to shift that a little bit. It's good to say that, but I I try to remember to say, thank you that you love me. And I've actually gotten to where I do it it if I start to feel anxious. Um, So that's, I think, a good habit. Now, I haven't totally conquered my anxiety, but this is how to do it. All right? This is the way to do it. Uh, Now, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15, let's read it. It says, Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased. Everybody say, when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. This tells us that faith is not static. It can grow. Now, it's not like you get more of it. It's more like it's a muscle. Do you know that you can't get any more muscle fibers? When babies are born, they have exactly the same number of muscle fibers as they will when they're an adult. I think that's true. Molly will correct me later if it's not. But in any case... You don't get more muscle fibers, but they get bigger, they get stronger if you, if you use them, if you work out. Every day, we can practice living by faith. So the more you do this, the better you get at it. And what can happen is you can get to a place where even if something really stressful happens, you can still maintain the awareness of God. But you practice it, in the mundane things, a guy named Brother Lawrence, who was, a, anybody read his book, The Practice of the Presence of God? Yeah, Brother Lawrence, it's a, you can get the full text online. He was a monk, and, you know, again, I don't recommend becoming a monk. I think we, I'm more like Martin Luther. I think you need to live life and have some kids so that my kids don't have to pay for everybody's Social Security. So anyway, but, but no, um, anyway... I don't know why I'm making that joke, but, but, but Brother Lawrence, 
he, he was a monk and he, he was a dishwasher. And he hated being a dishwasher. But he practiced just being aware of God. And what he tried to do was maintain his awareness of God while he did the dishes. And he found that as he did this, suddenly that, that thing he didn't like, it became a beautiful practice because he was doing it under the Lord. You can reserve a piece of your consciousness to be aware of the Lord, even if you're, even if you're doing something that takes an intense amount of focus. It takes practice, but you can do it. Now beyond that, faith is an attitude. My pastor says, you have to have a major attitude of faith. <laughs> Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It says, we having the same spirit or attitude of faith, according as it is written, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Faith is an inner conviction that produces outward results. I believe certain things, therefore I say them. I believe Jesus is Lord, therefore I confess Jesus is Lord. But, but faith is about more than that. It's about getting a positive picture of your future and then speaking those things out and confessing those things. And the more you do that, the more you move towards them. Whether we realize it or not, our words are revealing what we believe. In Luke 6.45, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, we say things sometimes that we don't believe, but if you watch the majority of your words, they are lining up with what you believe inwardly. That's sometimes a difficult thing to swallow, but it's true. What do you do then? If you want to change your life, you've got to change what you believe and what you say. Now, sometimes people ask, what do I do first? Do I change what I say? Or do I change what I believe? I do think there's a sequence that what you believe affects what you say, but it's also true that what you say affects what you believe because you hear it. So my advice is just do both at the same time. Just confess truth until you believe it and believe truth until you say it naturally. That's why I have you say things sometimes. So everybody say this with me. I am the righteousness, am the righteousness of God, God in Christ. In Christ. All right, that's too religious-y sounding. Say this. I am just as righteous, just as, righteous. As, Jesus is righteous. as Jesus is righteous. If it was hard for you to say that, you need to say it more because your heart might not totally believe it. Now say, what, Pastor, I can't believe that. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he's given you his righteousness. So if I give you my car, is it okay for you to say, I possess Max's car? In fact, for you to deny that you have my car would be a denial of a fundamental reality. Yes, Pastor. Yes, Pastor. If you want to live in faith, you have to, you have to agree with Jesus. You have to agree with, with the reality that He has created because of the cross. So we're not righteous because we're so holy or we don't ever do anything wrong. We're righteous because Jesus gave us His righteousness. This is the truth of the, of the Reformation. So, um, hallelujah. Thank God for Martin Luther. And... He didn't, I didn't agree with everything he did, but we'd do better to listen to him. So, 
Anyway, now, number four, faith looks different in different people. Is that true? You don't have to have a big, loud personality to be a person of great faith. Sometimes people see somebody that's got great faith, and what they try to mimic is their personality, not their faith. You don't need to be like somebody else's personality. You need, to, you need to follow the steps of their faith. Now, if you have a big, loud personality, then be you and don't feel bad about it. But there are quiet people of faith and there are loud people of faith. It's not, it's not about outward expression. More than anything, it's about what you do. James said, you can talk all you want, but I'm going to show you my faith based on my actions. There's some people that talk a big game, but don't, don't back it up. Now, my pastor has a big, loud personality, and he talks a lot of faith, but boy, if that man does not back it up. He is a big-time risk-taker. John Wimber said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, and you just go after what God has called you to do. But faith, it does, even though... Even though it's different in different people, it does produce an inward confidence, not, or, or you could say a godfidence. It's not an arrogance. How many of you understand arrogance is ugly? Right. Nobody likes arrogance. But real faith, a real conviction in what God has placed on the inside of you, it'll, it'll make you stand a little taller. It'll make you get your hair done right. It'll make you, you know, hey, I'm all right. The Scripture teaches this in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 5. It talks about the bride of Christ, and it says that her hair crowns her like purple, and that the king is held captive by her tresses or by her hair. What that means is the bride of Christ, she needs to go down to the haircut place and get, get her hair done and get a blowout and look good and feel good about herself. And it says the king is, is captivated by that. The king likes it. When the, when the queen knows she looks good. I've, I've taught this for years from a perspective of, uh, as a husband. I mean, husbands, you know, you know that it's better if your wife's confident. She looks more attractive. Religion's so crazy, it'll try to get you to make your wife uglier. I'm serious. But I've seen this recently in, <laughs> that might have been too honest, but anyway, uh, this, I've seen this in my daughters. You know, my daughter, Eleanor, she always says, I am a princess. And, and we're like, yeah, you are a princess. And um, anyway, but one day she, was, she had this tiara. And she wanted, you know, because she wanted princess dresses. So we got her princess dresses and tiara. And she, you know, she puts this on. And she, hey, you know, and she's going like this around the, and, and she comes up to Iris and she says, Iris, I am the queen. <laughs> and she says, she says, the queen needs to get dressed. And, and, then, and then here's the amazing thing, okay, guys. She looks at Iris and she says, Iris, do you want to be queen too? And Iris says, I do. <laughs> do you want to know something amazing? 
when you know that you're queen, you can let other people be queen too. What's that mean? When you know that you have worth and value because of the blood of Jesus, you do not need to tear down other people in order to feel good about yourself. You don't need to do that. God wants you to feel full and loved because of who you are. Because in you, if, you're, if you know that you're a member of God's royal family, you don't need to have, you don't need, you can let other people be royal. This is what Jesus did. Jesus was the king of all kings, but he served other people. Why? Because he didn't, he didn't need anything. He was full. He knew his daddy loved him. Knew his daddy loved him. So here's the thing. Judgment, which is rooted in insecurity, it ascribes worth to ourselves at the cost to others. What that means is I look at other people and I think, oh, I'm better than them and that makes me feel good. But that, that damages them to try to make me feel good. What does love do? Love ascribes worth to others at a cost to ourselves. That's what Jesus did. He ascribed worth to us, and it cost us everything. It cost him everything, I should say. All right, lastly, faith stretches us. It's like working out. When you work out, it's a bad idea if you've never run one mile to try to run 10 miles. You have, to, you have to build up gradually, and you have to keep stretching. This shows us that there's a difference between faith, foolishness, and presumption. I love faith. I believe in being a person of faith, but there's also foolishness. What's foolishness? Foolishness is when you hear the message of faith, and you want to skip all the processes that develop your character so that you can believe God for where God wants you to go. And so you, you try to go from, from running one mile to ten miles. Or you've never bench-pressed anything and you decide you're going to go bench-press 250 pounds. Well, you're going, to, you're going to kill yourself. Everything is a process. God takes us through things to grow us so that we're prepared to deal with it. There, Abraham in Romans 4 says he had steps of faith. There's... They're steps. So if you want to skip the steps, you're in foolishness. Now, I'm, I'm, it's hard to tell, really, whether somebody's in foolishness or not if I'm on the outside. And, and so I just try to believe. If you tell me you're believing God for something, I'm going to believe with you. But if, if somebody's really submitted to me and they're trying to tell me what, what they're believing for, I'm going, to, I'm going to look at, you know, their life. And it's like, is... Is that the next step? Because there might be a step in between here and where you want to go. And your willingness to do that step in the middle determines whether you're going to get to where you want to go. I've had people before, not so much here, but you know, when I worked for, for Pastor Lawson in Colorado Springs, there were people from all over the world that would move to Colorado Springs to go to Bible college. A lot of them ended up at our... Church, a lot of them were super anointed, went on to do great ministries and things. A lot of people would come there with big dreams. I was one of them. And, but sometimes people would come to me and they'd tell me, my dream, I'm going to have a ministry as big as Andrew Womack. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, I, God can do anything. I'm going to believe God with you. But, uh, you know, you, 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 
one thing I'll tell you is you, you haven't had any size ministry and you're having a difficult time maintaining a positive relationship with your church family here. You, you don't submit to authority. You, you don't, you know. And, and so the, that's, I, I want to submit to you that kind of attitude is, is probably more foolishness than it is faith. That's the pastor in me talking. The apostle in me says, go after it, do it. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I love believing God with you, but, but there's steps. Do you know, I mean, if you, everybody wants to be Andrew Womack, but I mean, did you, did you, have you heard about his life? I mean, the sacrifices that he lived through, and I mean, he, he was faithful. Faithful, faithful in the small things. We've got to be faithful in the small things before God will give us the big things. Now, what's presumption? Presumption is when you make a bunch of decisions without consulting God or wise counsel and then expect God to bless it. If you're afraid to tell the spiritual authorities in your life about it, don't do it. Now, if you don't have any spiritual authorities in your life that you don't trust, then you need to remedy that situation. But, you know, I go, whenever I make a big decision, I go talk to the, our, my fathers in the faith and and if they don't agree with it, then I don't do it. Amen. All right? Now, lastly, what is faith then? Faith is when we see Jesus near us, but it's doing something that stretches us. So it's like He's out on the water, and you can see it. He's, he's close, but there's some supernatural stuff in between here and there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not always clear how you're going to get there. But you got to just take a step and you get out of the boat. Oh. Uh, it's a little bit scary. It stretches you. Everybody say, I like, I like. To, be to be stretched. All right, now, I believe that God is calling us as a church to take the next step of faith. I don't believe that we are in presumption. I don't believe we're in foolishness. I believe we're in faith. And so... We've, Molly and I have prayed about this, and, and we've talked with our leadership, and Pastor Lawson and Pastor Greg, our overseers, and so forth. And Anyway, we believe that God is bringing us a building. And so, thanks for the... <laughs> so, yeah, hallelujah. Uh, so I'm really excited about this. I wanted to share it with you. Um, and talk you through it. Uh, we, we have entered in uh, an agreement with another church to purchase their building. Yeah. And uh, yes, so, so there's now, now listen, there's some, there's some, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah, there's still a process. So there's a couple things about this. There's some hurdles. Okay, so they still have to get approval from their district board. They're a Nazarene church, so they're a little different than us. So they have to, they have, to have this board meeting. I'm told that's basically a formality, and I believe that's true. So I, I don't think that'll be a problem. And then we have to get the building inspected, and we're aware of some of the, 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 the we need to fix the heating and air, so we're aware of that. But if there's a whole bunch of other really horrible things, then we might back out of it, okay? So I'm just being real with you. We could have waited until we went through all that, but I, I wanted, I thought we were, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. So at this point, I wanted to let you know about it. 
And anyway, so um, yeah. I'm gonna hey, hallelujah. So 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 God lo- God loves us. I think it's gonna be awesome. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna show you some pictures. You wanna see pictures? Yeah. So we're gonna go through this. So where is it? This is the first question everybody has. So it's right there. Um, <laughs> that's that's uh, on on Johnson Drive, uh, just just north of here, right by the softball fields there. It's, it's about three minutes from my house. That's not why we got, we got it. I, I would have I bought this if it was anywhere in Johnson County. Um, now, look, when I, we looked in this, I sat down at my computer and I, I Googled it from like most of your houses. <laughs> All right. And, and for some people, it's closer. For other people, it's further away. I honestly, this is the thing that grieves me the most about it. I wish everybody could be as close as me to the, to the church, but it's not geographically possible because people come from everywhere. But because the highway system here is so good, you can get there fast. For most people, if it's, it's either shorter or if it's, if it's further away, it's like five to ten minutes. And so I really don't believe that if you want to come to church here that this, that this precludes you from coming. Um, Josh and Josh and Nicole live in Overland Park, and this is actually closer by a minute because of the way the highways are. So the, where we are right now, it's been great. God's really helped us, but we're tucked away. It's not really easy to get here. This is right on Johnson. Every day, people are going to drive by it. I'm going to put a big sign that says Jesus thinks you're amazing. And, and, you know, it's going to prophesy over the city. And so that's where it is. Um, it's a two-story uh, uh, built. I mean, this is a real church, guys. I mean, it, it's, it's, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's great. It, we could, you know, people buy a storefront and stuff, and that's great. But this is a standalone 19,200-square-foot building. It's over two floors. It has brick exterior. It's an, it used to be an office building. It looks like an office building. I think it's pretty. I mean, it's, to, have, I mean to have something this nice three and a half years in yes. is like, it's, it's a miracle. Yes. I mean, it really is. And so, um, let me look at my notes. Well, I don't know what I said. What was I going to say about it? Let's look at the inside. So you go in the front door, and, and uh, there's stairs to the left. So we've, that's Isaac. We've actually been looking at this for a couple years, um, but it was just too early. Lawson thought, he was like, you ought to buy this. And this was two years ago, and he was trying to give me a bunch of money, and then we prayed about it, and we were like, no, we need to wait. But anyway, so these pictures are from a couple years ago. But it's got a really nice coffee bar. Uh, and then you go into the sanctuary, and there's a sanctuary. It seats like 250. Um, we've already got the chairs in Josh's basement. I don't know where Josh is, but but Skyler's real excited. I mean, the, well, I mean, and the worship team. I mean, hey, if you got if you think these guys sound good now, wait until they can rehearse with our own stuff. Wait until Skyler don't have to get up at the crack of dawn to move all this stuff and then try to sing. I mean, think how hard that is. So anyway, and then go on. So then it has a ton of kids' rooms. This is off the sanctuary. This, 
part back here I think will make like a maybe a prayer room or something, but this can be closed and and this is like a kid's room. Uh, so on, so one of the first things we'll want to do is we'll, we'll be able to have Wednesday nights. So that's a big deal because we want to have youth more consistently. And we have youth now, but we'll have Wednesday nights and Josh will get to preach more. And we've got a lot of great ministers in the congregation. We'll let people do stuff. We'll have, more, we'll have fire tunnels. We'll have more, you know, Holy Spirit stuff. We'll do different things. And, and, you know, to just get more opportunities. Now, you go in the door, you go to the right, and there's the nursery. It's really nice. And this, look, we want to reach families. We want to reach every generation. But, but this is great. My kids are hoping they leave the toys. I told them not to get their hopes up. But, but this, this is a kid's room. You can go on to the next one there. This is still the kid's room. It's real pretty. This is in the basement. So the basement is giant. And it's uh, like it's like half, like a third of it. Well, go back. Well, so the, okay. So this is like one third of it, and we'll probably do youth in there, and we'll do children's church on on Sundays. Uh, so then go ahead, Larry. And so this is that nursery room again. That's on the top floor. All right. So this is that. I don't know why they put the big sheet there. They're trying to divide it, but. This is in the basement, so this is that area where we'll do youth. So this part, you can't totally tell here the scale of it, but this is the basement. It's big. So we can, that wall right there, we can take out, and we're going to make it just a giant fellowship hall area, and we can have pizza Sunday, and we can have men's fellowship and women's fellowship, and we can, we can have youth in here. We can have prayer meetings. Josh and Nicole want to have um, uh, college nights and stuff. Um, so they've just got a bunch of junk in there. They'll move all that stuff out. Um, that's Gaga Ball. We might keep that on the left there. But anyway, uh, go ahead, Larry. That might be the end. Okay, so that's more of the basement. So, how long does it take to tear all this stuff down? This, I mean, it takes, we get here, at, me and Neil get here at 6.30, and so, you know, it takes however long, and then, and then we, we're usually out of here. When we, you know, when we have the whole band, you know, Skyler was out of town, so we, he got back, so we just did this. If we have the whole band, it takes a lot longer, so anyway, this, this, this will really help us, but the reason I'm doing this, guys, is it's not that. We can't keep doing this. I love doing this. And if we have to for some reason, we can. It's not a problem. But we've got a lot of great things and ministries we can do. And this, this facilitates ministry. Yes. We can help more people. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's the deal. I, I, I'm not, I really don't think I'm on some kind of ego trip. I, I, we don't want to, I'm doing it because I want to, I mean, this is, Putting it's tremendous personal risk for me to do this, but we're going to do it because we love you and we want we want to have our own place to minister to people. So um, anyway, so we're really excited. Uh, so let's talk about the the financial aspect. Um, they originally had this listed; they wanted 1.3 million for it. That was a couple years ago, but we've been patient and they fixed things on it. And they've agreed to sell it to us for a million fifty thousand. Wow. Um, 
just, just for perspective, if, if we did this, what we're doing for another three or four years and kept saving money, we might be able to buy a building this big and renovate it, and that'd be a big might. It would probably cost about $2 million. Um, Lawson told me that, Lawson's a little bit jealous of me. He's like, I've never just been able, we could, we could have church in this building tomorrow. Now, there's things we want to fix about it, but, but I mean, it's, it's a church. It's already being used. We could back the trailer up, and we could move in there. We don't have to fight the government. We don't have to worry about rezoning it. It's all, it's all done. So we've been really, you know, conservative with the finances, and so we've got, you know, you have to put 30% down, so we're, we're basically there. So what we've got to do is we've got to raise a little bit of money to cover some of the fees and things and then to do a little bit of renovation. So to do this, we need to raise somewhere in the neighborhood of $75,000. So that might, you might think, well, that's a lot. But we raised over $100,000 to launch the church, and that was before we had a church. And so I'm confident God will, will take care of this. I don't want anybody to stress out about it. This isn't the part that stressed me out. God will take care of the money. And we've already saved over $300,000. So, so that's, you know, a miracle. God's really helped us. So it, we're, we're doing exactly what I told you. We, we saved and we are consistent. We've never raised money specifically for this. We've just been diligent with whatever God gives us. And uh, now we're in a position to do this. So, um, so there we go. So, question, Janet. Yes, that's Johnson right there. It's it's east of K seven. Yes, it's between seven and four thirty five. They'll put it back up there. So um, again, I wish it was right by everybody. But I've looked since we moved here. I've looked at every single property that's come up on, on the internet, and uh, this is by far the best uh, deal. And so, yes, Joe. Uh, the land and looks like maybe a parking lot at the, on the bottom left of the screen, mm-hmm. is that extra parking? So the, so the extra parking we'll use, we have an agreement with the... Um, there's a dance studio just north of there uh, that's, that you can see it up there. And so, and also I've talked to the city. Eventually we'll be able to put in more parking, but at the beginning we won't have to, and we can use that northern thing there. So us younger folks can park at this other lot and walk. I know it's a little bit, it might seem long, but if you think about where you walk here, uh, you have to park way, way out there and then walk all the way down this hallway and whatever. And so, um, yeah. So we, we looked at all that because that, that was a concern. But it, it, it'll, it's more, with the northern lot, it'll be more than fine. So we're blessed. And when we, if it becomes a problem, we'll just go to two services, and it'll all be good. So, yeah, so um, the, uh, I've got to come to a close here pretty quick, but, 
the earliest we'll get in, we're, right now we're closing on like April 23rd. Again, bear in mind there could be something that happens and then, and then we say, well, no, but um, this is looking very positive, so that's why I told you about it. Um, so April 23rd would be the closing, and then we wouldn't probably get in there till like May or something. So if anybody likes to clean or paint or, you know, we're going to have a big day and it'll be a lot of fun and so forth. So, or it'll be a lot of work anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll buy. Yeah, we'll buy everybody pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I believe this is the this is the step of faith that we're supposed to take. God, uh, we believe God has spoken to us. Uh, our leadership's in agreement. Our board is in agreement, and so, you know, this is the next step. So we want to we wanted to give you an opportunity to give towards this. I don't want anybody to feel any pressure. This is not, I was reading this church history and that they paid for St. Peter's Basilica under this Pope Leo X by, by selling indulgences. And so he was trying to raise money. So he said, look, if you give me some money, I'll get your relatives out of purgatory. That's horrible. I mean, this is a horrible deception. I mean, that's why Martin Luther rebelled against all that. So, so look, there's no pressure to give. God, God will take care of it. But if you want to join me in believing God and taking a risk with your finances, I think this is a great opportunity to do it. Last year, when Pastor Brian was building a building, I thought, what I need to do is give towards that. And that's what we did. And now God's brought us this. And um, so I think it's going to be really good. But, but anyway, if you... Um, if you want to do a couple things, if you want to, we're just doing our regular offering, so you can give your regular offering, but if you want to give towards the building something, you can write on there, you can designate it towards the building. If you want to make a faith statement and say, I'm going to give X amount over the next two or three months, um, that's great. Just write it on there. We're not going to show up at your house and like <laughs> say, well, you told us you were going to give us this money, and so we're not the mob, the mob. all right? I mean, this, this is... This is meant to be fun, and I think it's an exciting opportunity. I'm going to give extra to it. Um, so, but if you do that, if you pledge to give something, you know, what you're saying is I pledge to give beyond what I normally, um, you know, do. And so, anyway, cool? So we won't, we won't make everything from this on out a fundraising thing. We're going to do what we normally do, but I'll keep you posted as we go along about what happens, and I believe it's going to work out. And so I'm, I'm really excited personally about it. So, uh, so if you want to give your regular offering or if you want to give towards this, just raise your hand up. The ushers will get your offering envelope. I kept you a little long, but um, anyway, if you want to give via text, you can text the word give to that phone number. Uh, if it's specifically for the building, I won't know if you text, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, most, most everything we're giving is towards that right now anyhow. So anyway. We appreciate your faithfulness in giving. If you want to give with a check, you can make it out to CKC. If you want receipted for your cash giving, you can um, fill that out too. So I know some people didn't, uh, weren't at church today. Feel free to tell them about it. Um, I'll send out an email with all the details too. But um, yeah.
So believe God with us. You know, I think, I want to thank, this is the result of a ton of hard work from a lot of people and you know, a lot of sacrifice, starting with my wife for all that she does and putting up with me and everything. And, and then, you know, we have so many great leaders. And so I believe this is, you know, God's reward to all you guys for working so hard. And um, I think it's going to be really special. So. Josh, Josh gave me this prophetic word that we're going to see a lot of the glory of God in there, and I believe that's true. So it's going to be good. All right, I'm going to pray for the offering, and then after the buckets pass, well, you can go ahead and pass the buckets, guys. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to, as the buckets go by, you can stand up. And if my prayer team could come down here, uh, we're going to pray for everybody. And then if you need personal prayer, you can come receive it from our prayer ministers. So we've got all this going on, and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's a good time to be in Kansas City. God loves us. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to pray for everybody. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you that we get the opportunity to walk in faith. And help us to remember you, Jesus. Help us to remember your goodness and your love and your presence, your favor in every situation and every part of life. Thank you, Lord. And we, uh, we just commit this building situation to you. We trust you with it. We know that if it's what you want, that it's going to work out. So we don't worry about it. We just, we just rejoice that we get to participate in what you're doing in these last days. And we just uh, thank you and we receive every good thing you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once you, if you haven't given your offering, you can give it to these guys. And otherwise, have a great week. If you need personal prayer, come down. We love you. Jesus loves you. If you want to meet Molly and I, we'll be right down front here.